We're going to be continuing our series from uh, the Apostle Paul's letter. Paul was a Christian missionary from uh, about 2,000 years ago, and he wrote uh, letters to some of the churches that he had helped to plant and such. Uh, his letter to the Ephesians, the church in the ancient city of Ephesus, was uh, one of those. So we've been learning a lot. We've been learning a lot in this series about how God wants to bless our lives and uh, how we can be rich spiritually in quality of life. Uh, last week, if you were here, we finished up chapter 5 and we talked about marriage. Marriage. And uh, today we are going to talk about parenting. Because uh, that is the next thing there, Ephesians chapter 6. Now, some of you, I want to help you because you may be thinking, well, I am not a parent, and I don't ever want to be a parent, so uh, I'm not sure how this applies to me. Well, uh, you know, one of the things I, I've mentioned this before, I mentioned again, is I love about our church is that we are a church family, and uh, we do life together. And uh, even if you're not a parent now, of course, there are many of us that are parents now, but any of us that are not parents now, uh, we need to help the people that are parents. And I'm not just talking about babysitting, even though I am talking about babysitting. But anyway, uh, that's another story. The, uh, the title for the lesson today is Good Enough Parenting. And some of you may know I borrowed that title from uh, John and Karen Louie, who are a couple that lead in uh, Singapore. They do a great job in that part of the world, Southeast Asia. But they are both, John and Karen Louie, both have master's degrees uh, in uh, marriage and family therapy, as well as they have been church leaders for many years. And they have developed a program to train our parents. And some very good news is that I'm going to be telling you a little bit about it today. In September, we're going to begin a good enough parenting program right here in the Lifeway Church. So we can look forward to that. It's a fantastic program. So I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but the great thing is I love the title Good Enough Parenting because one of the curses of being a parent is that you realize your imperfection. And if there's any area of life where you are not deceived about how you fall short, it's in parenting. Is that right? I mean, even if you don't admit it to anybody else, uh, we have our demons. We feel that and we feel like, you know, I need to just raise this child in the most perfect way. And if I don't, uh, they're never going to turn out. They're going to be like a bad meal. They're going to be like a, a cake that fell. You know, they're not going to make it. And so I think there are important things, of course, that we need to understand as parents. We'll talk about some of that today. But the good news that I have for you right up front is you don't have to be a perfect parent. Can we be grateful for that? Because I'm pretty sure that we don't have any perfect parents. Is that right? Uh, should I ask any of the children on the first couple of rows here? Um, I don't really want, I'm not trying to upset any of you or disturb you or scar you for the rest of your life. But 
Let me just do a survey here. Raise your hands, those of you, most of you have parents in the church that are sitting on the first couple of rows here. Maybe not all of you, but if you realize that your parents are not perfect, raise your hand. Okay, okay. It seems like a consensus. What do you think? You can put them down now. Do you see that? They were, they were really eager and excited about raising their hands. Now, how many of you are adults? And uh, you are a parent yourself, but uh, of course, at one time you had parents. I want the rest of How many of you did not have perfect parents? Okay. And the only one that didn't raise their hand was uh, Les Callahan, whose mother's here today, and he, he didn't want to upset his mother. So thank you for coming out. You know, I love you, dear, and I've met you before. And uh, regardless of the fact of what Les didn't raise his hand, you, you need to be here today. So, uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just welcoming you in. I'm, I'm helping you to feel part of the service today. One thing that helps with uh, parenting is that uh, it helps to have a sense of humor. I want to share with you uh, some of my favorite parenting quotes uh, just to help us. Uh, this is from a, a comedian, an old school comedian, Phyllis Diller. You gotta go way back to know her, but I don't expect any of YouTube her, Google her later. Not now during the service, even though I know you have that capability right now. Uh, do it later. She said, the desire to have children must be very strong because it would seem that something which means poverty and chaos should be entirely avoided. Um, some other quotes that I like, it kills you to see them grow up, but I guess it would kill you quicker if they didn't. <laughs> right? Um, here's one a lot of us can appreciate. Insanity is hereditary. You get it from your children. <laughs> and uh, finally, children are a great comfort to you in your old age, and they help you to reach it faster, too. Okay. Nice. Today, we want to learn uh, how you can be a good enough parent. And I believe that we're going to have some answers for you today. Uh, we all know how important it is, uh, certainly, to be the best parent that you can be. Uh, we don't want to underestimate the role that we have even though we don't have to be perfect, we all want to be the best we can because we know it's going to give our children the best chance in life. It's going to give our children the best chance, really, in their relationship with God. I would say, I am one who uh, a lot of you might know, all my children are grown. Uh, I have adult children. My youngest child is 24. My oldest will be 30 this year. Uh, he's 29. Uh, one of my children is here today. Uh, my married son, Joseph, one of my married... By the way, his wife, Sunova, her birthday was yesterday. <laughs> to celebrate her birthday, she's decided to stay with Joseph for another year. <laughs> now, we're, uh, we're looking forward to having a celebration with the family uh, later on tonight. But I can tell you as one who has grown children, others of you can relate as well, I guess I thought somewhere when I started having children that I would be concerned about them and that I would, you know, sort of be their parent until they're like 18 or something. And then I would kick them out of the house. You know what I'm talking about? And then, I, you know, pretty much my job would be over. 
Uh, what I have found, and those of you in the same position understand, is that if anything, I am more concerned about the parent I am now than even I was then. Because your, your concern for your children doesn't end. Now, certainly your parenting style should change when they're no longer in the house. But you still have this burden, and I'm sure you're like me if you have older children. I still want to be the best parent I could be. I want to be a better parent than I've ever been. And I'm sure Joseph would say, if I could put words in his mouth, my dad is the best parent he has ever been. I, I, I wanted him to come up and share today, but I just figured it would just make the service way too long because of all the great things he would want to share. So we're not going to do that. Uh, similar to last week where we talked about marriage, if you were here, uh, there's, not, there's great interest in being parents, isn't there? Uh, certainly not just in the church. Again, I went on Amazon.com, my favorite online bookseller, and I, uh, I plugged in there under the book category, books on parenting. You want to know how many entries I found? 87,083. Uh, I thought some of the titles were interesting. The, uh, the number one title, you know, they, in, if you go on Amazon and you put that in and the search engine and all that, it, it, it puts them in, sort, uh, in, in order of relevance or popularity. Uh, the number one, the first thing on the list, go ahead and try it when you get home today. If you put in books on parenting is, number one is entitled Scream-Free Parenting. <laughs> How many of you want to read that? Um, the number two thing on is there on, on parenting was bringing an end to the everyday battles. You notice there's a theme there. And maybe uh, if you've been in the church for a while and you've learned something about parenting, maybe you don't feel that as much. But this is sort of where a lot of people are. Um, other titles that on that theme, The Secret to Calm and Confident Parenting. I, I want to read that one. Uh, <laughs> Here's another title, Fun Conflict Management Tactics for Parents. So there's a theme there. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, let's read there. Once again, it's similar to last week we talked about marriage. It initially seems very puzzling, even concerning, that the Bible would have so little to say about parenting. Right? I would have thought, as important as it is, there would be a whole book of the Bible on parenting. There's one on numbers. Should be one on parenting, right? It should be right after the one on marriage. But there isn't. In fact, it is surprising how little there really is said about such an important topic. And uh, maybe there's something to learn there. Let's read Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. And this is on sort of family and parenting and children and their parents. This is like the longest text in all of the New Testament about it. And uh, might be surprising. It says this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. 
which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, I always chuckle when I read that, right? You want to make it past the sixth grade. <laughs> right? Reminds me of the old Bill Cosby, another old school uh, comedian, Bill Cosby. You know, the thing he said, he always, when their children gave him trouble, he always called them together. And he says, you know, I just want you guys to understand something. Uh, it's good that you're here, but you need to act right. Because your mother and I can make another one just like you. <laughs> we could take you out and replace you in no time at all. So, just remember that. So they go well with you and you may enjoy long life. So that's, most of it's actually to the children and we're not going to talk to the children today. Yeah, you're, you're excited about that, aren't you? We're going to leave that up to the Quintanillas and the youth ministry to fill in the blanks for you there. But here's what it has to say to parents. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Perhaps there's wisdom. You know, we feel overwhelmed enough as parents, don't we? Somebody say yes. I mean, I thought it was obvious, but I mean, somebody say, somebody give me an amen. We feel overwhelmed. Perhaps in God's wisdom, he's trying to keep it simple for us. And perhaps that even is really true. And what I love about the Bible, whether it's marriage or parenting or other things like, it's, it's a really relatively small resource. Because what the Bible does more than anything is give us a few vital, important principles that we can apply in a very large and perhaps even unlimited ways in our life. Per usual, our sermons today, our sermon today is going to be one main point. And so I want to ask you that I'm going to get to this in a minute. I'm not going to tell you now. What do you think? Now here we read that Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. In your mind, in your heart, you can even write on your paper if you want. What do you think the one main point is going to be today about being a good enough parent? And uh, we'll see in a few minutes if you're right or if you're wrong. Right now, uh, I'm gonna, I've decided to give some of my sermon time to a, uh, a young man who grew up in this church. Uh, I will let him uh, tell you a little bit more about his life as he makes his way up here. Ricky Gutierrez. And uh, I wanted Ricky to be able to share because a lot of us know him because he and his, uh, his mom, his dad, were uh, been a part of our church for many, many years. And uh, Ricky's older now, but uh, he had some challenges along the way spiritually. And he's in a good place today, but it hasn't always been that way. And the reason I want to do this is because I want to give hope, and I think Ricky can give hope to all, those, all of the parents out there who perhaps your children are not where you want them to be right now, spiritually. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Or perhaps some of you who have younger children uh, remember this, and maybe it'll encourage you, because there may become a day when uh, you're in that position too. If your children are growing up, they're making adult decisions, and they're not where you want them to be spiritually. And this is one of the realities that we have to face as a church, and I think most of us have figured it out now. 
You can't just raise your kids in the church and send them to the, uh, the children's classes every week and youth camp every week and ten king camp every year, as awesome as those are, and then just sit back and watch the baptism roll in. <laughs> the teen baptisms I'm talking about. Because we have to understand that even if you are a good enough parent, not a perfect parent, but even if you are a good enough parent, as our children grow up, they have to make an adult decision. They have their own free will. They have to make a choice about serving the Lord. And the choice that they make today may not be the choice that they make tomorrow or next month or next year or sometime in the future. And the choice that they may make concerning God may not have anything to do with a serious flaw in your parenting. Can I encourage you with that? I mean, we all ought to want to be the best parent we can be. And a, uh, hopefully even after today, you'll be on your way to being a better parent than you've ever been before. But uh, children have a choice. These children up here that seem so, they seem so young and innocent and pure-hearted, don't they? I mean, most of them. But as they grow up, as they become adults, they're going to be given the opportunity to make adult decisions. And that may or may not be a reflection of the kind of parents that we were. And I just think we need to accept that. But anyway, uh, let Ricky share for a few minutes. Hopefully he can give us all some hope and encouragement. Ricky Gutierrez. All right. Cool. All right, well, good morning, church. And uh, Reese, thank you for letting me take a part of your sermon. I feel honored. And uh, all right. So my name is Ricky Gutierrez, and I'm 23 years old. And I'm just going to give you a quick little background of, of who I am and what I was. And so in high school, I studied the Bible. I wanted to know more about God. And uh, so sophomore year, actually, I studied with EJ. And my junior year, I decided, I studied for about a year, and I decided I didn't want to study anymore, and uh, I just kind of went a whole different route. I had a girlfriend, and I dated her for five, ex-girlfriend, sorry, uh, for five years, and um, partied, drank, uh, did all kinds of drugs, and I cheated on my ex-girlfriend at least ten times, and uh, I was just in a, a really, really bad place, but, you know, luckily, you know, I finally came to my senses, and uh, I got you know, I decided to follow God, and I got baptized October 28th in 2012, and it's been an amazing, uh, amazing choice that, that I made, and, you know, now I work with kids. Uh, I work at a place called My Gym. I'm going back to school. Uh, God has blessed me with an uh, awesome mom and awesome dad, and um, amazing girlfriend, too, she, which is in Egypt, but that's okay. Uh, um, <laughs> Someone will send her the video. But uh, so, like we said, I have a you know, privilege of sharing my thoughts about my parents. And uh, so I just want to go ahead and start where it says in Ephesians 6, it says, uh, do not exasperate your children. And this, I was reading it before, and um, I like this because my parents never forced me. They never really pressured me into studying the Bible and wanted to know God, um, which was awesome because when I decided to make the choice, it was my own choice, and um, you know, and I learned that my parents really love and loved me when I was out being uh, all all crazy and in sin. And um, as I got older, I saw that that was God showing His love through them, 
to me. And um, you know, like they let they allowed me to move back home after five years, and they um, they're like. I mean, it was kind of tough, you know, they're like, oh, well, should we let him move back? I don't know. Um, but good thing I'm a mama's boy, and she kind of talked to my dad. And so he, uh, so they said, okay, you, gotta, you can move back home. And so I lived for about a year uh, at my parents' house, but they're like, sorry, this is our house, this is our rules, and you have to go to church every Sunday. And I said, um, what do you mean? Like, I just came from having my own like rules and I gotta come back and I have to do what you guys say I'm like 21 why'd I have to listen to you guys didn't make sense but I learned to go ahead and respect their rules and um, which was hard like I said because I went from living on my own to doing whatever I wanted to not coming back and like an adult and so it was kinda hard but um and just like all teenagers and young people we never really like when our parents you know tell us what we can and can't do and I learned for me personally that Correction and discipline has always been my struggle, and just because I'm very prideful, I'm very stubborn. I feel like I know it all. And um, just recently, I was reading in Proverbs. In Pro- Proverbs is awesome. I, I love it. Um, but uh, in Proverbs 12, 1, it says, "Whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge. But whoever hates correction is stupid." And I was just like, "What? Like, <laughs> did the Bible just call me stupid?" I was like. And I wasn't sure how I felt about that because I was like, well, no one likes when they get called stupid. So I was kind of hurt, but at the same time, I was like, wow, like, God's calling me out. And so, um, and I just love that, that God was keeping it real with me. And the Bible was just, you know, very real. And um, this scripture actually came into, into place over at a preaching camp this past week, which is an awesome experience. I'd encourage you know, a lot of people to go. Um, but we did this trust fall analogy um, where the kids had to stand up on like, it's like a five foot tree stump and they had to go ahead and cross their arms and then they would just fall back. And there'd be like five, at least five people. And uh, I had, we caught Sean, just, that was kind of hard, but we caught him. <laughs> so he's a big kid. But um, on the sides, the, the, the kids on the sides, they couldn't speak. And there was one person in the back that could see everything. And they're the only one that could speak. Lance actually was a spotter. Um, and so th- he was the only one that could talk. And so he had to tell the person on the tree stump, say, hey, move a little this way, move a little right. Um, those of you that are locking arms, move a little to this side. And go ahead, and you're ready to fall. And uh, I finally understood that that's what my parents were trying to do for me. And when I was a teenager, they're just trying to love me. They're just trying to care for me, and um, especially, especially my dad, because he he was my spotter. Like I said, I was mama's boy, and so um, I c- kind of could get away with a few things with her. <laughs> but uh, with my dad, it was like, hey, you're you're doing something wrong, and uh, I wanted to help you because I love you, and. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Because of my parents' love, uh, I'm trying to imitate that love because that was God showing his love through me. And it's it's been tough at home for the past several months because uh, now I'm on the flip side and uh, with my dad. And um, now that he's left church, 
I'm trying to be his spotter and uh, show him the love that God that you know God showed me, and I'm trying to show him the love uh, that that God would want me to show him. And uh, in Proverbs 22:6, it says, "Direct your children into the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it." And uh, I'm here today, you know, living proof six years later, and a follower of Christ, and I couldn't be any happier. And so, thank you guys for letting me share, and uh, have a good rest of the service. Okay, we all need to take a moment to recover, don't we? Take a deep breath. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you for uh, being so uh, vulnerable and sharing your heart that way. Uh, that is a little bit of real life, uh, God's way. And I think uh, it really paints a picture that I hope we can all appreciate is how, as families, we got to come together. And as a church family, we got to come together. Uh, one of you guys know already that one of the things I say about parenting and one of the blessings of being in this church is it takes a church to raise a child. And we all have had the opportunity and we will continue to have the opportunity to influence uh, the younger children, influence the adult children that we have. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful opportunity we have. And so get a vision that wherever things are, they may not be where you want them to be today. But that doesn't mean the story is over. It doesn't mean as long as there's a breath of life, uh, there's an opportunity. I also was raised, I had great parents, not perfect parents, but I was raised in a church and I went to church every Sunday whether I liked it or not. And when I was 18, I left and went to college and I didn't go to church basically for five years. But then God was working in my heart, in my life. And, you know, we all have our own journey. We all have our spiritual path. Some of us, it's a nice, nice uh, uphill, you know, flowing uh, ride. Others of us, we have to crash and burn first. Some of us are slow learners. I guess I have to put myself in that category, right? But God is gracious. God was at work. And a lot of the things that my parents have put in there, in my heart and life growing up, came, came out later on. And uh, certainly there's that opportunity. So uh, have hope. Okay, we'll go back to Ephesians 6 and we're going to finish up. So what's the one thing we're going to talk about today with uh, parenting? You know, there's several different options, aren't there? I mean, even in just these few verses, I could uh, legitimately preach a sermon on parents need to teach their children to obey. Right? Right? Uh, that would be a good sermon, but we're not going to preach that one today. We could teach, uh, parents need to teach their children to honor them. Right? Not just obey, but to give respect and hold them in, the, in high regard and understand them and relate to them and appreciate them. But uh, we're not going to preach that sermon today. Uh, we could uh, talk about those promises. Not just the Bill Cosby promise that, you know, uh, I could take you out and replace you uh, easily. Um, but we can talk about the blessings and the promises that come for children when they 
do obey and when they do honor and they focus there uh, in a godly way. And then finally, in verse 4, we could, uh, we could talk about how dads are supposed to lead the family spiritually. Did you know that? You know, I don't think that mothers are uh, any less important. I just think, obviously, from the way Paul writes this, the dads are called to have a special responsibility to be engaged and to be involved. And sometimes there's not even a dad around, but if you're a Christian dad... Uh, there's an extra, there's sort of an extra level of responsibility that you have along with mom. Uh, we could preach that sermon, but guess what? We're not going to preach that one today. And of course, we could preach out about how we're supposed to bring our children up in the training and instruction of the Lord, how our home's to be a spiritual place. There's need to be a lot of Bible, a lot of references to God, a lot of talks about God, a lot of application of the principles of God's Word. But we're not going to talk about that today. So what are we going to talk about? What did I leave out? Nobody has an idea. Do not exasperate your children. Isn't it interesting that the first thing when it comes to giving the parents instruction on what they should do is actually what they shouldn't do. Do not exasperate your children. I can tell you that this may be the thing that we have neglected more than anything in our teaching and training of parenting in the church. This may be the most important thing that you do not yet know about parenting. Is that God chose to say the first thing that is something that you should not do. And that is to not exasperate your children. What do you think that means? You know, that word uh, exasperate, how many of you used the word exasperate in the last week? <laughs> Chip Perkins did, wow. Kurt Sanders did, wow, two people. Okay, uh, what's that? They were at the preteen camp? Was that, did that result in them exasperating their children or? Uh, <laughs> That word means, and, and I, you know, I think it's good to understand it, it means do not frustrate your children. Do not provoke your children. Do not agonize, antagonize your children. Do not produce anger in your children. It's talking about our parenting style. Here's the way it needs to be applied. And, this whole thing that John and Karen Louie are going to have, have put together in this program, Good Enough Parenting, it all centers around learning as parents how not to exasperate our children. And the other side, the positive side of this, how to meet the emotional needs of our children. Many of us understand that we are still damaged today and dealing today with the imperfections of our parents and perhaps the way that we were raised 
that left us scarred emotionally. Children have emotional, you know, there should be a big sign on children when they're born that says, handle with care. Fragile. Handle with care. As a lot of us, as children, remembering when we were children, I'm talking about the adults among us, we remember and wish perhaps that there was ways that we were handled uh, with more emotional sensitivity. Children have emotional needs that we cannot see. You know, we can tell when they're hungry, right? We can tell when they're hurting. We can tell when they fall and when they get skinned up or when they need to go to the hospital or when they need to go to the doctor and they let us know when they want something to eat, don't they? Or when they want to go to sleep. Or when they don't want to go to sleep. But perhaps even more significantly, children have emotional needs that they don't, that we don't see, and that many of them, because they're younger, don't yet understand. How many of us didn't figure out until we got older why the way that we acted the way we did and the why we felt the way we did? And how it related to the way that we were raised as children. You know what I'm talking about? Because that's self-knowledge, that's understanding that we don't get until many years later. Do not exasperate your children. Let me just mention in, in, in this a few things. These are some of the most obvious things that we should understand about the emotional needs of children in order to meet them. I would say that they're easier to see and understand than they are to actually do. And that's why we're going to have this extended period of uh, this extended training class on good enough parenting. Some of the needs of children, unconditional love. And some of these things you might even relate to Ricky up here sharing a few minutes ago. Unconditional love and acceptance. That's an emotional need that all children have. Children need to connect emotionally with us as parents, especially as they grow older. They need to feel connected to us emotionally. We need to understand what that means and how to get there. Children need to be embraced for who they are. Are you realize, do you realize yet that a child's personality is not going to change? Who they are. Their character may change. Their behavior may change. But, you know, a lot of us who are parents, we could go back and say, you know, the way that Joseph is now, I saw that when he was two years old. Because personality doesn't change, but children need to be appreciated and embraced for who they are. So many parents, sometimes, we're trying to make them something that they're not. Perhaps little Johnny is not going to play Major League Baseball. I know you're frustrated because you didn't make it. But perhaps all your best efforts are not going to make Johnny into a Major League Baseball player. Perhaps your child is not necessarily geared, gifted, or desiring to be a world-class concert pianist. And I don't care 
If you buy the baby grand piano and put it in the living room and make them go to lessons once and twice and more a week. You know, that's a good way to embitter your children. That's a good way to exasperate your children. And let me just say that one of the main things that our society and even our church society has done is we put these expectations about sports and about academics on our children that are just frankly ungodly and unfair. And they grow up feeling like if I don't meet mom and dad's expectation for how I do in school or how I perform on the, on the sports field or whether I even play this sport or not, you know what we're doing? We're potentially damaging our children, exasperating our children. Children need reasonable, age-appropriate limits. Boundaries are appropriate, they, but those boundaries need to change as they get older. They need to evolve. They need to be expanded. Emotional needs. Children need realistic, age-appropriate expectations. These are things that we need to learn about because you know what? If we don't meet the emotional needs of our children, you know what we're going to do? We're going to exasperate them. We're going to frustrate them. We're going to provoke them. And it may not even become obvious the damage that we've done until they get older. Because that's the challenge about children is they're not always good communicators. Right? They don't always even understand why they feel the way they do. Why are you crying? I don't know. Right? Your parents understand what I'm talking about. Why aren't you happy? I don't know. That's why our job is so important. In my experience in the church, this is something that we perhaps have neglected and something we need to learn a lot more about. This is very humbling, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. I have done a lot of parenting workshops. I've done a lot of parenting classes. The other thing is that you may or may not know about me, I save all of my notes. You say, well, that's a lot of notes. Yes, it is. I moved recently and I was reminded of how many notes that I have saved. And I'm talking, I'm still doing old school. I'm still doing paper and paper and pen, right? All my sermons are on the front of one sheet of paper. At least it's only one. And they're only on the front. But anyway, I save all. I went back. I actually did this this week as I was preparing my lesson. I went back and looked at all the notes of every parenting lesson that I've ever done, and several of them were on Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. I mean, those were included at least, right? Not one time could I find in any of my notes that I even mentioned or dealt with Paul's command, do not exasperate your children. 
How many of you have ever been to a class where you heard that talked about? Now, some of you have because just last fall, when we had the, uh, the conference here in Long Beach, and we had people from all over the Southwest family of churches, and a lot of us went to a class that John and Karen Louie did, an introductory class, on Friday afternoon about good enough parenting. And for the first time we understood, me, I think it was the first time I really understood what that meant, do not exasperate your children, and the responsibility that I had to meet their emotional needs. After I started figuring that out, I was surprised that Joseph has turned out as well as he has. And I'm very proud of Joseph. And perhaps that's encouraging because, you know, there's no perfect parents. And Joseph is very gracious and very, uh, and all my children are, towards my imperfections. But perhaps it's the thing that we need to know and learn and understand that we don't know about Christian parenting. Perhaps it's the most important thing that we have never really understood and dealt with. Some of the things that should be obvious to us. Go ahead and pick that up, whoever dropped that. <laughs> Did you actually drop that or were you just helping somebody else out? Well, it's only right that you suffer the, the judgment. Uh, if, you, if, you dropped it, you should, uh, if you dropped it, you should pick it up. But in the spirit of the lesson, I want you to know I, I love you. I believe in you. You know, even if you hadn't picked up that ball, I'd still love you anyway. What's that? It's chapstick? Why was it shaped like a ball? It's because they're girls? I, you know, I, I apologize. I never had any girls. We don't produce girls in our family. You know, I still don't get it. It looks like an Easter egg that you, you opened up there. I wish you guys could see this. There you go. It's, it's traveling down the road now. I, we don't have children. We don't have girls, but we, we keep marrying them, as I like to say, in, in our family. But anyway, some of the, the symptoms of poor parenting where we're not going to meet emotional needs are, are obvious, aren't they? It's when we, we're harsh with our children, when we belittle them, when we, uh, we lose our temper with them. It's, it's anger. Of course, the other problem is when we're just, there's no boundaries and we're not involved and we're not engaged and we're too permissive. And a lot of times when we're very pe pessimistic and we're always telling our children what they're doing wrong and we're never telling them what they're doing right. When we're overly protective, controlling. Okay, these are all things that we need to learn about. All of it. It's a big thing. When Paul said in one short phrase, do not exasperate your children, he's talking about a world, a huge world of application that is ongoing. So what we're going to do as a church, and I hope that Everyone here will choose to be involved. It'll be a choice that you have. On Sunday, September 7th, the first Sunday in September, 
at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, right here at the Glendale facility, we're going to meet at 2 o'clock, and for nine straight weeks, we are going to invest in this program called Good Enough Parenting. Our own Larry Wong, who's a licensed marriage and family therapist, has been trained personally by John and Karen Louie. Our own Mike and Christy Steffen, doctors Mike and Christy Steffen, Mr. Dr. Mike, Mrs. Dr. Steffen. They also have been trained by John Louie in this good enough parenting. And for nine weeks, we're going to invest a couple hours every Sunday. And the cost is going to be minimal. It's going to be uh, something about $50 a couple. But it's not just for parents. It's for those who may be parents. It's for everybody in the church to learn. And it's all going to be about how to understand the emotional needs of children and how to use biblical principles to meet those needs. And I believe it's going to be practical, it's going to be powerful, it's going to be life-changing. And I'm excited. I hope every one of us choose to come. Mary Kay and I are going to come, even though we have adult children. Because I want to know, even now, how I can do a better job meeting the emotional needs of my grown children. And they teach that, Mary Kay says. And so maybe I should learn. Is that what you're saying, Mary Kay? I think you were. Uh, no, I want to learn. I want to be a better parent than I've ever been. And I want to help you to be a better parent than I've ever been. And those of us who have older children, we need to go and we need to learn so that we can help our adult children, but also so we can help the other young parents in here. I would like to help some people not to make the mistakes that I've made. So I'm going to close now. Good enough parenting. I like that, don't you? Are you willing to invest in being a good enough parent? Not a perfect parent. But a good enough parent. A parent who's growing. A parent who's learning. A parent who's becoming better. The good news is, no matter where your children may be today, you can change a bad result. There is something still that can be done, even if it's not where you want it to be today. You can still influence your children, even the ones that are grown and out of the home. The other thing that we mentioned over and over again is, and I want to close out with this, you don't have to be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. And I suppose that I made a lot of mistakes. Well, there's no supposing about it. I made a lot of mistakes as a parent. I've shared with you before about anger. That was the biggest deal, I think. The times I got angry and frustrated with my children and, you know, I was harsh and unloving. And I, I deeply regret that. But I would say, in addition to that, the one thing that I was pretty good about is when I recognized it. Is that right, Joseph? How many times did I pull the whole family together and my children together and apologize to them? i tell you what I understand about children. Children are very resilient. Children love their parents. They want to forgive their parents. And if you will acknowledge when you are wrong, and you will be humble before them, it is going to heal a world of wound. But i tell you what's going to damage them, is you treat them harshly, and you treat them with anger, or you treat them with a lack of love, 
or whatever that is, and you don't acknowledge it, you're going to leave them confused. And you're potentially going to leave them bitter. And it's going to be a bitterness that may hang with them the rest of their life. And they may have to go to therapy one day to try to figure out how to love you. Because you've never been humble. So I'm trying to encourage you with this. That may not have sounded encouraging, but I'm trying to encourage you with this. Whatever your sins, whatever your mistakes, whenever you fall short, acknowledge that with your children. And that'll help because deep down, they all know, they all know you're not perfect anyway. They're just waiting for you to figure it out. <laughs> Let's pray together. God, thank you for the opportunity to uh, learn something about parenting today. And I just pray for all of us. Um, got a great opportunity in front of us. Want to invite our friends to come out and join us in the community, our neighbors, our coworkers, other family members. We want to be better parents than we've ever been before. And specifically, God, we want to learn how to meet the emotional needs of our children. Uh, help us to understand that. Thank you for the opportunity in the direction that we got today and that we will receive. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great rest of the day.